0: Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall. We have some more uh, market commentary. We got a different angle in this conversation to the uh, junior resource and mining markets. Uh, And uh, Before we get started with this conversation, I do want to say thank you to everyone who's been tuning in this week. I know there's a lot going on today with the U.S. markets closed. People in the U.S. are basically on holiday, the federal holiday. We also have uh, two uh, important conferences taking place virtually online uh Rick and also ame roundup bc also st- kicked off today uh so i appreciate you taking some time to tuning into the podcast uh right now i'm happy to welcome for the first time to the show mr nicholas LePan. he is the national resource editor for a company called visual Capitalist. Uh, for people who are have been following the sector for years and also uh, do a lot of research on the social medias and online. You've probably seen a lot of their content, and we're going to get into some of that information. Uh, but first, uh, N- Nicholas, it's a pleasure to have you on. And uh, you know, before you know, we kind of get started. I-, I wonder if you could spend some time just telling people a little bit of back your, about your background and, and getting into this sector.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you very much, Trevor, for uh, having me on your uh, show. It's a pleasure. I've been listening to it for years on and off and you present some great companies and some great insights Uh, it's definitely a service to the uh, people that need to stay informed Um, just in terms of my background I literally uh, I was working in the security cage at Canaccord in Vancouver about I don't know 14 15 years ago and I was just processing stock certificates and coming across my desk there was you know Consolidated Dutchman Mining, you know, different kind of company names, and I had no idea. But I'd check them online and realize they were worthless. Um, but I eventually kind of uh, got was offered a job at StockWatch where I just edited press releases for seven years, and again, just further into kind of learning about kind of junior mining and uh, editing press releases, learning kind of all about the business and. Since then, I've kind of worked over at co.ca, uh, and then I kind of landed at, uh, what was it, uh, Visual Capitalist, kind of doing their mining content as well. I've always kind of been around the mining industry, trying to figure out new ways to kind of present the better side of the industry and kind of tell great stories. And uh, visual a role opened up at Visual Capitalist, and Jeff Desjardins, the founder, um, offered me a position, so I took it up, and it's been a, been a journey ever since about two and a half, three years ago.
0: Uh, so that uh, kind of evolution into the natural resources that are visual capitalists—it really—it <laughs> sounds like it just kind of turns from reading countless press releases out of the junior mining sector, huh?
1: Well, it, it literally came from uh, mind-numbing—you know—trying to get the details out of you know just seeing the press releases all the time. Is we were always trying to figure out you know what was the news, what is the important thing amidst all these drill tables, all the corporate, corporate speak, and how do you just kind of eventually eventually just present what is the news and what are the key facts and what's going to attract people's interest? So may have been boring training, but it prepared me well for visual capitalists to kind of at least, you know, be able to quickly identify what is the story here, what's going to matter to people without kind of, you know, drowning people out and, uh, you know, mindless Very drill tables are very important, but they're very long and people get lost on them quickly. If they see them in a press release.
0: Yeah. You just summarized my uh, every morning, Monday through Thursday, as I'm <laughs> prepping the, uh, <laughs> the morning brief and with the news releases here on the podcast. So it is quite challenging, right? I mean, especially in the lat, you know, uh, last week and this week, we're starting to see a lot of news come out with a lot of drill results, more exploration updates, that type of thing. I think after the holiday break, um, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, do you have any recommendations or advice for listeners out there who are maybe getting inundated with so much information from these juniors and given the market kind of, uh, I don't know, poor market sentiment right now? like How do you kind of focus in on uh, the major news of the day?
1: Um, One strategy I used to do was um, when I was younger and I didn't really know too much was just I would focus on volume. And I'd look at the press release and see how it corresponded to market activity. I would just quite literally see okay they put out this press release created lots of volume which direction and go from there and that would kind of give me a rough kind of guideline okay maybe this responded well to the market or this responded poorly and then I'd have to ask myself why you know and go from there but uh, as things kind of go forward you start to recognize names and then the more time you're in the business what one of the most important things is is knowing where the press release is, is in the kind of the life cycle of the company, where, what is this press release? Is it before a resource? Or is it part of a drill program? What is, what is, what in the timeline of the company's kind of goals, where does this press release fit and understanding that kind of can really help you kind of put that news into context, you know, because it may not be the best news, but it may still be moving the company forward in the right direction or the news could be a complete game changer, say it's a denial of permit or something like that. But usually knowing where you are in the company's timeline um, and what goals they're trying to achieve is usually the best way to start. So start simple, start small, focus on one company.
0: Yeah, Uh, what about uh, kind of timing of news releases? I mean, usually over the holidays, we like to see company publish something like after hours on Christmas Eve, or we've actually seen, late new year's eve type publications in years past i mean uh, i mean do you really even need to read the headline to realize just based on the timing of the publication of those news releases may not look favorably upon the company
1: yeah well you know they hope it gets buried cuz it used to that stuff used to get buried is you know they meet their regulatory requirements it's out it's published you know every friday afternoon after market and there's always going to be one in the batch of news that gets dumped at that time that's going to be um it's going to be the 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 bad apple so to speak um and timing is very important like earlier the better um just kind of shows the company has their stuff together and all that so timing is important and there's definitely companies that try to uh you know sneak news past you late in the middle in the dark of night because there's so many press releases if you look at the news wires and you could easily just miss it
0: uh, you talked about watching the volumes after news releases to see how um, the investment community might react to certain news but I'm just kind of curious given the uh, the digital marketing background that you also have are you watching some of that online data as well some 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 digital data that's readily available to you to see where things might move
1: yeah for sure you know um, big thing is one of the biggest kind of innovations at least I think is is probably, Uh, twitter over the past five six years for kind of junior resource investing because you can really quickly tell someone's sentiment about a press release pretty quickly or you can kind of get you can really gauge by the volume of kind of you know the volume of subject matter like gold's going to be up tomorrow or this is a positive press release stuff like that you can really you know sometimes people will not comment on twitter which usually means the market is pretty inactive so Kind of having that, that kind of social data, so to speak, kind of helps out as well. And then in terms of open rates as well, like you send out an email, you can see, um, you know, if I'd send out like an e-blast eight years ago or something like that, you can see who's opening it up, not see who's opened it up, but you can see the volume of opening up, how many clicks are on it. And that really kind of tells whether, you know, it's worthy. It's a good headline. It's a good news. and whether people are kind of interested in it as well, and the volume sometimes comes, sometimes it doesn't, you know, because they're always kind of wait and see.
0: Can you comment on the evolution of digital marketing and content creation that the junior resource industry has kind of uh, slowly come to really push forward with over the last, you know, five to ten years? Um, you know, when when I first started in this space. My first recollection was, well, these companies are terrible at digital <laughs> marketing and digital content, and that's really how I how I got my start. You know, it was like I found a niche there and really tried to offer my assistance to these companies to get their information out there. But uh, it seems like you most you can't have a junior exploration company without having social media channels without having a distribution list and finding other ways of getting of getting your information out there how saturated has this uh, space become for uh in getting the the news out to investors in a digital platform
1: uh it's it's always been saturated um i when i kind of started i was on the tail end of kind of the uh kind of the, the the telephone model where you just you pick it up and you just dial away you know you just literally called you call yourself a phone chimp where you would just how you got your news out you'd get your press release and then you would start picking up your phone and you would just start calling people and just saying hey have you heard about this have you heard about this company or this and that and that's kind of how they did it and then the, then there was the fax blasts which was quickly stopped but they would <laughs> people would tell me like you know like you know, they would get faxes of, you know, XYZ Gold Company has these drill results coming through their fax all day. But that was obviously uh, <laughs> going to be quickly stopped there. And then, you know, email marketing was kind of the big kind of first kind of digital foray to into it as well. Because um, when I worked at Stockwatch, Stockwatch was used to be like a print publication, and then it kind of morphed into the online kind of space as well. So, it used to be you just go there to get your kind of your data and all that but then the bullboards and kind of the online chat rooms came up which was an opportunity for people to obviously kind of you know talk their book and hide behind an anonymity and say this is the world's greatest stock or this guy's the world's worst person whatever it what would have you um and then you know email marketing kind of came and that's kind of just been what a lot of people have been working on as well to kind of refine but now there's kind of this you know, omnipresence with social media, Instagram and all that. And I think that kind of stuff lends a little bit more well to these companies because junior miners, ultimately, do have characters and they are kind of, you know, they have stories, they're on the ground, they are doing stuff. And there's a lot going on that uh, doesn't really get come across in a press release or come across in a telephone call. And kind of the quality of the social media really kind of speaks to whether the company's actually doing their job or whether they're doing what they say that they're doing and whether they're doing it well. Um, You know, regular updates, they're on-site, stuff like that. That just kind of helps reassure if you are an investor that, you know, these guys are doing their work and know how to communicate and all that. But if it's, you know, a social media account that's like only popular when, you know, the market's up, you know, might be a little bit of a red flag to be like, okay, these guys are just, here for the good time not for the the long time
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very interesting well so now that we spurn into really the crux of visual capitalists and, and i understand a visual capitalist is not just focused on the resource sector you have put you have created and distributed just some incredible um i guess i don't know what exactly you call them i guess uh uh type of infographics i think they're more than infographics but just some great content on junior resources and commodities and that but i mean there's no market that uh that this business doesn't really touch and and distribute upon so can you kind of give some uh, some comment and introduction to visual capitalist and really where you uh where you kind of fit into this company
1: yeah for sure (laughs) well uh Visual Capitalist, it's it's a Vancouver-based company, so it's going to obviously have uh, its origin story in uh, kind of helping junior miners marketing. Like Jeff Jardin was the founder, along with uh, Nick Routley as well, and they've kind of built it up um, from that, and they just would start to get response from, I think, one of the first pieces that they did really well with was about kind of all the gold in the world, where they compared it to different sizes, and it just kind of naturally progressed from that is kind of taking these kind of, you know, rather than kind of doing the hard pitch on, you know, talking about your company, you kind of would get a company to just sponsor, Hey, well, you're in the resource sector space, but why, why would anybody outside of the space invest into it? And so, you know, well, it's because we need these materials or this is how much is in the world. This is how much money's in the world. And so it just kind of started out of that need to kind of, speak to a little bit of uh, the broader context where mining fits into and where does a junior miner fit into that? Like, what is the, what, what is the junior mining trying to do aside from just you know, boatloads of money? What is their business? It's, you know, we're nickel. Nickel's used for this or gold's used for that or copper's used for that. So it's just evolved kind of from that kind of trying to you know, find companies that have kind of a big problem in terms of kind of communicating their story and kind of trying to represent it visually. Um, You know, for example, um, let's see here. You know, like uh, recently we did a piece for Trilogy Metals and they sponsored a piece just about how much copper in the world is. So that was data from United States Geological Society and just showed, you know, um, how much kind of has been discovered and versus kind of what's above the ground as well in terms of what's being mined and already mined. And all that. And it just kind of kind of sums up a succinct message that, you know, we we need these materials. They're, they're there, you know. Um that's it's just kind of simple. It just kind of shows kind of what these are, where they are, where these resources are and stuff like that. Um so it just kind of evolved and get better from there. Um, because it does attract interest. For example, we did one on one piece, one of my first pieces was just about the commodity super cycle. Like that was just kind of Mm-hmm. inside baseball knowledge like people in finance or whatever would kind of say this is a commodity super cycle you know <laughs> and just kind of just chant it out you know without really kind of knowing what it meant or what it means and so we did that we redesigned it tried to explain it a little bit so now that's a resource for everyone to kind of next time you know stockbroker or you know your buddy comes over from you know is investment banking job, internship or whatever, and says, hey, it's a commodity supercycle. You might actually know what he's talking about. Um, so it's just kind of taking those kind of those things that were kind of used in conversation about the resort sector, but putting it on the on the digital map, so to speak, and just kind of passing on these ideas a little bit that I've picked up uh over the years. And I just I've always worked with juniors and so like I every junior mining company has a little bit of truth into it in terms of what they're trying to kind of do and solve. And I love the whole exploration aspect of it. So every story, every company has a story and uh, it's just kind of finding the right kind of character or where they fit in to kind of make these visualizations.
0: Do you have any data that you could share that maybe shows the success of this type of content that you've been able to to produce and distribute that maybe has Uh, lent itself to inviting more a younger generation into the resource sector and becoming speculators and investors. Does this type of content lean to that? uh, uh, You know, uh, uh, I guess that approach and and that goal.
1: Yeah, it it does lean to that, Um, but that that is a continual challenge because a lot of the successful pieces that we're getting are that do go out through visual capitalists are about crypto video games, um, and kind of that stuff, that aspect. And so it's, it still is a constant challenge with it, but every once in a while, we, you know, that, 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 this may be just because I'm getting old in my days, but the gold space still has a long way to kind of break through to the younger audience in terms of kind of doing that. And we do get there with kind of showing, um, kind of how gold performs and all that, but we haven't like, it still is a challenge finding exactly kind of how to introduce and people still get it. Like they'll like, um, how much copper is out there. They'll like that, but it still is a challenge. Like there's, yeah. I, it, it, I don't know what it is with this sector, but there's just a massive disconnect between millennials and like the real physical world. And like, we do have success here and there, and you know, more often than not in kind of communicating these ideas these broad concepts we do well with our supply chain stories but that works well with just a bit more of a sophisticated audience because a lot of these companies that uh like rare earth companies or lithium like they're trying to answer some pretty big questions um and so you'll use typically you have they will be the, those visual graphics work with say your 28 25 plus crowd but it's still our other pieces do a lot better with millennials, but the resource sector stuff still is something that we're constantly trying to tweak and improve and all that. And maybe I'm just yeah. maybe I'm just getting old and losing touch with uh, losing touch with uh, the youth.
0: I bet you would be able to kind of follow general market sentiment just based on your own data from Visual capitalists, like who's clicking on what and what type of you know industry that. Uh, maybe is getting more clicks than the other. Do you see that type of movement based on market movements as well?
1: Yeah, 100% because I think the momentum trading is still um, what it's all about um, for kind of the, the retail end of things. And that's kind of the only entry point for millennials is the the retail end of investing, you know, when they have a couple grand or even a couple hundred bucks. Um, and so they're only going to kind of move to it when the momentum um but like and and like i'm a bit guilty of this as well as i've been trying to kind of focus on create topics that are a bit longer term that don't rely on that so try to we did a piece on the Lasan curve or you kind of try to show companies that you know this is one step like it's difficult to because people want it now like if you look at all the kind of social media stuff that's coming out of the united states I don't know if you ever follow kind of uh, – on on Instagram, there's a guy named Arbitrage Andy. And so they really play up to the um, kind of the finance aesthetic of it all, like, you know, stock charts, making money, you know, deal sleds, the name of the shoes that, you know, whatever, stuff like that. So they play into that a little bit. So that's what's going to kind of attract them is, is, is that. So it's tough kind of breaking through kind of a bit more. You got to be a bit more jazzy if you want to talk to the millennials and the younger audience because they want to make money and they want to make it fast rather than the idea of, you know, I'm going to be a a year or two, three year holder of my, you know, you know, Ivanhoe, you know, something like that. That's going to take, you know, a couple of years to kind of really start to appreciate, even though it's doing well right now.
0: Just had to follow Arbitrage Andy on Instagram real quick. That's interesting. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's one type of uh, medium that's, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of... I think there, it's getting inundated with these kind of call option type of uh, uh, memberships I've seen in the last year, two years on Instagram. Uh, but the, re, the, the resource space and the commodity space is still it's still very slow there on that on that platform i would think
1: yeah and uh you know it's like how do you do like uh, a live update from your exploration site or you know it's tough to kind of really kind of convey the value of like in value ground in situ resource value like how do you kind of convey the concept that you know we have a defined resource in this kind of geographic spot there's this many ounces. How do you convey that sense of value? That you know, so you know, I'm always trying to play around with that. The idea of a land bank or something like that, or it's tough, you know, because people want kind of momentum now, and uh, the venture doesn't really kind of provide. It, it provides too much. For, like it's not. It's it, I don't know. It's it, it can go any way, really. <laughs> it's really tough. Yeah, it, it can go any way. So you could hold it for a short period of time, or you could hold it for. It's just there's, no, there's never really an end to uh, junior mining stocks. There's no definitive, like, all right, I'm going to get out here. It's always, you know, maybe potentially leading the investor on to the next event or something like that. So there's no kind of clear exits, um, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I wonder, back this summer when gold was having its big run to new all-time highs, was, was the gold content from Visual Capitalist getting a lot more clicks than before?
1: Yep, 100%. Like the people really respond and we try to be in conversation with just kind of what the trends are out there because people do respond really well to content that is kind of related to on what's the uptick and what's going on or even what's going on the downtick. Kind of what's kind of the general topics and how do you kind of, you know, kind of capture you know, generally what's going on in the market and create a great graphic that kind of speaks to that. And, you know, cause if you do refine that and do, do that really well, like if you do define the, the kind of general sentiment, like you could have a piece, like we did a piece on the pandemics, not really related to junior mining, but it hit at the right time just as a quarantine. and so it ended up going viral for about, I think it's still going up, but like 13 million views for the, for that particular piece. And so, and we've had other kind of big hits about around that, around like a million mark and stuff like that as well. So capturing, like it is, the trend is your friend, so to speak. But if you do, if you, you just have to do it kind of well and really figure out what is the data, what is, what is the underlying sentiment that people are kind of speaking to. And it's a lot of trial and error and it takes a really talented team to kind of do the graphics, do the writing and do the timing of it as well
0: yeah uh nicholas that's all the time we got but i gotta tell you thank you so much for coming on it's been uh, a lot of fun to kind of hear more about visual capitalist and the work you're doing just kind of the data behind it i would love to have you back on again maybe uh later this quarter and kind of see what some of your data from your content might be saying about the general market and the junior resource market if that's at all possible
1: yeah for sure trevor thank you very much for your time it was a pleasure to kind of uh to be to participate and to kind of uh talk too much i'm not used to that being in quarantine right now so uh appreciate the opportunity
0: yeah no uh before we let you go how can people reach out to you in case they have any follow-up questions
1: um if you want to reach out to me you can just reach me at uh, nicholas.lapan at visualcapitalist.com or you can just go on the visual capitalist website my name will be there somewhere All right, Nicholas. Appreciate it. Have yourself a great rest of the week, my friend. I cheers all the best and enjoy uh, the AIM conference.